everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Hand Me Up Club. We are almost at the end of season one. Don't worry, there's going to be one more week's worth of episodes after this one. But this one is a real treat. It's kind of like an HBO show where the second to last episode is the one where all the crazy stuff happens and it leaves your mind spinning and you're just going wild because it's the cliffhanger setup for the next season. And that's kind of what's going to happen today, sort of, because I'm talking to someone super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. So I'm talking with Rebecca Richards. She is from BioGlitz, which is a biodegradable glitter company. And I'm super excited to talk to her. I'm sure you're all going to be super excited to listen to this conversation. And hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Hand Me Up Club. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for meeting me. So you're from BioGlitz, but I'm sure people can maybe guess from that name what it might be. But mm-hmm. why don't you tell people who you are, where you're from, what's your story, what's your life, what's BioGlitz, all those things. Well, as you said, my name is Rebecca Richards. I grew up in Los Angeles, moved out to New York for school. During that time, I serendipitously met uh, who would become my best friend, Sable Gray, and together we have been covering the world in sustainable shine for about four years now. So that's what BioGlitz is. It's a biodegradable glitter, um, plant-based as opposed to traditional glitter, which is a microplastic. So very toxic for the environment. And we've been working to bring an element of sustainability to shine, which is something we personally can't live without. I, I love that. I was so obsessed with sparkle glitter sequins when I was in high school that my teachers who had to write the college recommendation letters most of them wrote it into their letter at some point were like she wears something sparkly every day (laughs) and it was just so much part of my life I remember my friend Veronica which listeners you'll remember her she was on the podcast like two or three episodes ago we always used to say enough to shine not enough to blind but you know sometimes (laughs) you didn't want to blind you really (laughs) want that glitter right I'm so so curious it's plant-based but I'm looking at you right now it's so sparkly still because in my mind I'm thinking plant-based and I start thinking of glasses that are kind of like plasticky but also made out of plants like acetate I don't know like what's your process or I'm sure some of this is proprietary don't need to get into super specifics but what's the process of making plants into glitter and like shiny sparkly glitter There's a lot of specifics that I won't get into. It's very scientific, and I do not have a science background at all. So, But um, luckily, we were looking for this product, um, for a way to make it, trying to create it from different materials like algae, um, different bioplastics, trying to find what would work and what would look like glitter and not look like plants because... You can tell the difference, as you said. Absolutely, yeah. So amazingly, we found after a couple of years of doing research and development, manufacturers in the UK who had developed the perfect formula. Um, so it's wow. all made out of regenerated cellulose from eucalyptus trees. Okay. And then mixed with cosmetic pigments that are all natural. And the shine element really comes from a 0.1% aluminum which is still integrated into the product. Um, Such a small amount can still biodegrade. It meets all biodegradability Mm -hmm. standards. Yeah, people are, like, amazed when I tell them because it just looks like plastic. Truly. Glitter, like, it's just as shiny. 
But once you start using BioGlitz, you'll definitely see the difference between our glitter and plastic glitter because it's it feels it seems actually brighter than other glitters and it's soft. It's so lightweight mm -hmm. because it is plant based. So honestly, any other glitter feels like horrible on my skin after getting so used to wearing BioGlitz. I just once you go bioglitz, you can never go back. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I think even <laughs> with just like a regular glitter, it's plastic, and that just makes me think it could be like micro tearing your skin or something. I don't know. Yes. Maybe that's why it's so uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm just right. Projecting. Yeah, you can get micro cuts. Some glitters are made with glass as well. Oh. You kind of never know what you're getting, and with products that aren't like clearly labeled and. Mm -hmm. Up until a few years ago, and still to this day, a lot of people don't even know what glitter is made out of when, I, when I'm when i wearing it Truly. out, and people ask me, you know, where did I get that? And I start telling them about BioGlitz and our story, a lot of them say, oh, I never even thought about what glitter was made out of. Like, I thought it was just this magical fairy dust that fell from the sky, and... Then, you wash it off, it yeah. goes down the drain, and then it's just gone, right? Exactly. <laughs> but no, it persists in the environment, and if it's a microplastic, that's very dangerous because it is such a small particle. So it's impossible, really, to recycle. Um, not impossible. We can do it, but oh. nobody's doing it right now. Anything's possible. <laughs> True. But, so yeah, so it enters our waterways animal life in the oceans, eat it, it ends up on our plate. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's best to avoid. And there's so many amazing companies finding great solutions to microplastics. Right now, it's a really exciting time to be, to be in sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. So you were saying you found this company in the UK. Was this four years ago? Or is that just a part of the four year bioglitz journey? Four year. It's been about four years since we launched. So there okay. has there were a few years of like research and development and long journey. And yeah, it's been a while. It doesn't feel that long. <laughs> I mean, that's great. It means you're having fun. You're doing good things. The work is only becoming more and more relevant. Yes, yes. As as we grow and as our message gets out there, we just find more and more people who just get really connected to our mission and feel really empowered by it. And yeah, there's never a dull moment in the, the business of glitter. Oh, I, oh, I <laughs> am sure. I'm sure. And I think it glitter is always for like the special fun. Well, maybe for you, it's for your everyday. But I think a lot of people think the sparkle and the shine, it's for the special times in your life. And so if anything, you just get to see people at their best and work with people at their happiest, right? Yes. My partner always makes this joke. He says I'm like the opposite of like a police officer that gives out parking tickets. Like <laughs> instead of making people's day like the worst day ever, I like just bring joy to them. I love that I get to do that. And yeah, I just hope to do that for as long as I can. It's so great to see people just in that moment of feeling really empowered and like feeling like they're shining their light. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And you know, with sustainability, this can just keep going on forever and ever and ever, right? That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So you, you have a background in fashion and sustainable fashion and 
obviously I'm looking at you right now. People listening can't see you, but I'll take a picture. Um, <laughs> but clearly you are a very fashion focused person. What Thank kind of you. predictions do you have for the future of fashion and glitter fashion, how those might go together, how they are separate? What, what do you think the future is going to look like? Well, our future is going to look very shiny and very sustainable. We're launching a textile glitz soon. Um, so we'll be entering the fashion market, um, working with brands um, to create some sustainable and shiny ensembles. So, Love it. yes, our goal is to be this is long term goals, a sustainable house of shine. So, I'm really interested in fashion and design, and so is my business partner, Seba, um, who's the CEO of BioGlitz, and that is our mission, is to just create products and design that are not only sustainable, but colorful and loud and fashion forward, because I've always felt strongly um, the connection between my emotional state and what I'm wearing. Ever mm -hmm. since I was a kid, I would just, my parents would get so mad at me because I would not leave the house if I did not feel amazing in my outfit. And if I did leave the house not feeling amazing, it would just be the worst day ever. I just really strongly believe in expressing myself through, through what I wear. It's like this kind of universal language, which I love. It just communicates who you are so immediately. So um, I hope that the future of fashion is, of course, sustainable, but also unafraid to be loud and unapologetic about who we are. And yeah. I mean, I think that's great. I hope those things too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and like you were saying earlier, there are people that like can recycle those microplastics. They just aren't right now. Hopefully, maybe that'll become more of a thing too. Well, actually, I don't know. I kind of hope it does, but also I don't want like your business model to be there. <laughs> if they're like, we can recycle glitter now. How does that affect bioglitz? Probably not. Um, I don't. There's a big difference between recycling and actually using sustainable materials because you can't infinitely recycle things we should still True. be making products um, out of sustainable materials first and foremost I believe so yeah valid beautiful mm -hmm. point that's actually something I hear pretty often about um, clothes that are made from recycled water bottles where people say it's great, it's keeping the plastic out of the landfill, but at the same time, like, those clothes are not recyclable again once they have the water bottles, right. like, woven into them. It's not like, okay, great, and now when you're done with those clothes, here's what you can do next with them. Because most of the time, it's also for, like, athletic wear that has elastic in it, so... It's not really recyclable after that point when you've recycled the water bottle to make the new clothes. It's right. It's kind, of kind of a complex situation. It's so complex. With sustainability, you have to think about everything from the product's creation to the end life. And I totally am so for 
companies just doing whatever they can right now to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to be perfect in their efforts, but that's definitely the goal is to get there someday. Yeah. For sure. You're from LA. We're currently in New York. Are there any differences in culture you see to sustainability across different markets? I definitely feel like I see a care for the environment um, in LA that's not as prevalent here. I feel like it's starting to grow here. Um, But obviously when you're surrounded by trees and the beach and nature, I feel like it's natural to to think about sustainability here in New York that's definitely not the case but I feel like I'm seeing like a really great recent wave of new sustainable shops popping up Mm -hmm. we're we're um in the package free shop in Williamsburg yeah which has just like every household item you could ever imagine Mm -hmm. and sustainable package free options so yeah I hope to to I help hope. grow that movement here in New York. Um, but yeah, I, I see it coming. I totally agree. And I think so many more people are becoming aware uh, that it is something we have to care about in New York. Even mm-hmm. if you feel like you only see concrete, like there is there is a world beyond New York City. What kind of world it is? I don't know. But there is a world beyond New York City where there are things like trees and oceans and grass that we have to think about. Right. It's really nice because my roommate is um, a gardener and she has so many plants and she composts for our entire apartment and it's just like constantly like keeping that in my immediate environment and it's so great to be around that energy of someone who's really considering those things at every level. So yeah, having those kinds of people in your life to inspire you is so important, I think, so yeah. Absolutely. Go roommate. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so much of sustainable fabric, like we were saying, next phase for bioglitz, it's like a glittery fabrics. And, but so much of sustainability and sustainable fabrics, they are like very neutral toned or when they are dyed, it's like a natural indigo or something like that. You don't see a lot of bright, bold colors, which I feel like is the total opposite of bioglitz. It's bright, it's shiny, it's bold, it's colorful, it's all these things. And it's interesting because I feel so many of the neutral tones, just in general, society associates that with like an androgyny. But bioglitz is the total opposite and yet has become a really big partner with the queer community. And I'm just curious, have you seen like a common link between sustainability and the queer community, or maybe just speak specifically to Bioglitz's partnership, informal or formal, with that. Um, I just think it's so interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that's something I think about a lot. Um, I personally believe a world without a lot of color and shine is not a world I want to live in. Yeah, I'm very active in the queer community in Bushwick, where I live. I go to Bushwig every year, which is an amazing, giant drag festival. I've been going since it was at Secret Project Robot when it was small and oh. just seen it blossom into this amazing event. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like Mother Earth is a queer, colorful feminist. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> 
Great, beautiful, excellent way to say that. So let's let's change directions. You live in Bushwick. I used to live in Bushwick. I lived there for five years. Love it. It's changed so much though since I first moved there. But another thing we have in common besides Bushwick is just New York City in general. You went to college in the city. I also went to college in the city, and I love talking with people who went to college in New York City because I feel we all grew up very differently than our peers that live somewhere else and then they come here after graduation, just as I'm sure people who grew up there their whole lives feel different from people who move here. Um, I remember for myself in orientation in college, our group leader saying, being 18 in New York, it's like being 25 anywhere else with all the responsibilities and all the things you have to take care of, but also all the independence that you have. And I'm curious, with me and my independence, I was like, I'm going everywhere. I'm exploring everything. Like day two in New York, I'm taking a bus to Red Hook. There's something cool out there. And finding <laughs> awesome thrift stores in like the Bronx and in Brooklyn. And I'm curious, having shared this like broke college kid in New York experience, where your exploration led you and kind of any of your hidden gems, whether that's thrift, vintage, anything that you found in New York that you might want to share. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like when I first moved to Bushwick, I just walked around my entire neighborhood and found so many amazing thrift stores. And I kind of moved there not knowing anything about it. My mm -hmm. friend was just like, move there. Trust me. And yeah. And then when I, when I saw what I had in store, I was so excited. I was just like, this is my place seeing people walking around, you know, in full looks. Mm -hmm. It felt so at home. But yeah, when I when I first moved to New York, I would just, same, I would take the subway to some random location, like far off and just <laughs> be determined. Like, I'm just going to walk all day. I'm just going to walk home for mm -hmm. hours and see what I can find. Um, it is, it's so amazing to be in a city that really inspires that kind of adventure and yeah, you can't do that in LA. If you walk around, people look at you like you're really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that being like a recurring plot line on Californication, how David Duchovny has lived <laughs> in New York and then they moved to LA and they, they're like, we still walk everywhere because we're New Yorkers. And then everyone thought they were super weird. <laughs> that's funny. That's Yeah, that's how I feel when I go <laughs> home <laughs> for the holidays. I'll walk to the market. That's, you know, a 10-minute walk in. My family would be like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm from Detroit, and same thing. I'm like, oh, we can just walk there. People are like, why? We have cars. Right. <laughs> Which is a whole other That's a issue. That's whole other thing. It, I know. I feel really lucky that to live in a city with really amazing public transportation, because it is such an environmental issue, mm -hmm. car culture. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very lucky. We are. In that sense. But. Yeah. I Did I answer your question? <laughs> hey, that's okay. I was like, did you find any cool places, any cool thrift stores back when you were like a broke college kid that you're like, this is like a great place for college kids or people that are maybe like trying to thrift on a dime? Well, the Goodwill bins are definitely the place to go for the cheapest finds. You have to dig. I don't know. Have you been there before? The Goodwill in, Bins? In Long Island City. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like the Goodwill outlet. Yeah, where they bring out giant bins full of clothes. And, and you pay by the pound. Right. And so you're just like, yeah. all this. It's like Olympic thrifting when you go there. For <laughs> sure. But you can find some great things. And I love to repurpose things. Just find a fabric I like or an embellishment and just cut it up and sew it into different things like this shirt I'm wearing now. And yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. I love that. I, do you remember before L Train Vintage when all of those places were just like random thrift stores? Yes. That, what ha- I was so confused about what happened. Everything just became L Train Vintage. I know. Because that was like my go-to thrift place when I was a broke college kid was Urban Jungle in Bushwick. Urban Jungle. Okay, yes. It's I, like off the Morgan uh-huh. stop. I love Washington. Urban Jungle. Yes. Love Urban Jungle. Because um, it was so great. It was like, all dresses are 10 bucks. All skirts are 5 bucks. All winter coats are like $30. It was so cheap. It was amazing. Um, and I would go there for years. And then, I don't know, maybe six years ago, it became L Train Vintage. And they were all like a network instead of independent stores. I don't know. Maybe that should be a topic of your That's next really episode. Another- you should find who's who, who is- franchised these or like who took ownership over all... Of those thrift stores. Who united so the squad. Yeah, I still call it Urban Jungle. Same. Same. Because <laughs> I have now I have to differentiate it from the other L Train Vintage right. stores. It's so confusing. Yeah, you can be like, oh, I, I'm referring to the L Train Vintage on Flushing. Like, no, Urban Jungle. It is amazing how many are in Bushwick. I feel like yeah. there's at least three or four now. I mean, I that's, the, that's the place for thrifting. It really is. It's amazing. But honestly... I feel like great thrifting is outside of New York because it's so picked over here. So whenever I go out of town, I try to look up thrift and vintage stores around. Is there a particularly great one that you have found outside of New York? Because we have listeners all over the place. It's not a thrift store. It's a vintage store. My favorite place to go is Retro 101 in St. Louis, Missouri, where my dad lives. Oh my gosh. The owner of this shop is so sweet. And they have amazing things. I've got like two giant feather headdresses, like that were vintage showgirl headdresses, like from the seventies. I want to say, like a real showgirl in Las Vegas wore these. That's amazing. On stage, and now they're in my possession for not even that much money at all. In New York, it probably someone could have charged. Hundreds of dollars for those. They're real treasures. And I live for stuff like that. Like costume treasures. Yeah. My favorite place in LA is Hidden Treasures. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which by its name, you can tell it's amazing. It. I grew up going there in high school. Now I feel like people have found out about it and the prices have gone up. But they deserve, you know, that. It's so cute. It's in Topanga Canyon, like a little, little magical house. Yeah, oh. go there if you live in Los Angeles. Oh, I love that. I was just reading earlier today about Love Saves the Day, which it closed in New York before I lived here. It closed in 2008, but it's the thrift store from Desperately Seeking Susan. And mm, I've been meaning to watch that movie. I haven't yeah. seen it. It's an it, iconic New York East Village thrift store, but I was reading about it, and apparently the owner... He also had a sister store in Pennsylvania, and that one is still open. Oh, cool. It's in New Hope, I believe I was reading. New Hope, New Hope, Pennsylvania. 
So I think that might be like my next road trip. Gotta go. Go yes. check out this thrift store, Love Saves the Day. If you're a listener and you live Love near Love Saves the Day and you That's... have the inside scoop, email me, hitmeupclub at gmail.com. That's such a beautiful name. Oh my god, I feel like we should make a glitz mix called Love Saves the Day. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we're getting kind of towards the end, but we just love, you've touched on it a little bit, but like the power of glitter and like feeling like you can shine and sparkle and not feel guilty about that too. Um, what have you seen? Like, what have you really seen as like this transformational power of glitter? Oh my god! Because I'm sure you see a lot. <laughs> I do. And I've also felt it personally. I don't know. I feel like it is such a strange substance to work with because it's very controversial. A lot of people are extremely drawn to it, love it, or are terrified of it. And there's little in between, honestly. But I have converted many a glitter hater, which have been some of my proudest moments in my oh. career. <laughs> When someone who's really afraid of it, like, no, I could never wear that, or either they're afraid they couldn't pull it off, or they're afraid it'll never come off because microplastic glitter sticks to you like crazy, which mm -hmm. BioGwitz does not, oh, um, which is an added plus. We started with that one. <laughs> For all the people who are like, mm, glitter is just craft herpes or whatever people say, like, oh, 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 not this kind. It's very easy to come off with just soap and water we do so many photo shoots it's kind of become like our thing to cover mm -hmm. people head to toe and glitz and it's amazing what a scrub in the shower will do comes right off because there's no metalloid so there's no friction so ah. yeah so a lot of people i meet Science. i just talk them through it and tell them it's gonna be okay <laughs> this glitter isn't like normal glitter it's not glitter, it's glitz. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and those are really magical moments, seeing someone really let their guard down and, you know, let the shine into their lives and just, I've had so many people just thank me and tell me that I've made them feel so beautiful and empowered and that is the greatest gift. I love seeing that and hearing that. It's amazing. I love that. I love yeah. that. So on that note, we end each episode with a hand me up, which is, you know, a pro tip, a word of advice, whatever you may want to pass on to our listeners, our listeners, you and I, the hand me up club listeners. What, what hand me up do you have? I guess I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to express yourself in whatever way you want if that means you know neutrals all black a power suit or if it means a crazy ball gown or a feather you know showgirl's show headdress that, yeah face full of glitter or no glitter i would say just live your truth and be who you are growing up clothing kind of became my armor for everyday life and so is glitz and there were a lot of times where, you know, I, there still are to this day, even in New York, where I get stares and, but there's so many times too when I'm told that the way I visually express myself in the world brings so much joy to other people and that my color inspires them. 
And that's really just, I don't know, that's the best, the best thing I could possibly hear. So all of the times I've, you know, doubted myself and the way I choose to live and express myself. Yeah, I just feel totally validated by those people who, who find joy in it. And yeah, I would say to, to the listeners to just live your truth, find your joy and and spread love. <laughs> love, what was the... Love saves the love day. Love saves the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Rebecca, so where can people find you, find BioGlitz, all that kind of stuff? Well, the best place to find us is our Instagram. We post a lot of shiny photos and we make all of our editorials in-house. Awesome. Um, so it's just BioGlitz, B-I-O-G-L-I-T-Z. Um, and then our website um, bioglitz.co is where you can order some, some shine. Ooh, perfect. Yeah, all sustainable packaging. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So this has been another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Hand Me Up Club. If you've been to Love Saves the Day, shoot me an email at handmeupclub at gmail.com. I am Lindsay Ruter. I am here with Rebecca Richards, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>